he will use your story to yeah. do the, the work that he wants and to to minister to you and to others. He's going to bring right. it out in you. Exactly. It's a beautiful story. And I think sometimes we don't see that in the moment because we're caught up in the midst of the leap and the, the changes and trauma, whatever it is. But if you can look ahead and get that heavenly vision to look down upon your situation with Christ and say, okay, I believe and I trust that God has got this. Yeah. And when we get to the end of the story, we can look back and see the, the beautiful uh, book that the Lord has written in our life and the way that he worked. And we can look back in those moments and be like, oh, I see what you're doing there now. Yeah. I see that. And I see right. how you for me in those moments. You are listening to the Taking the Leap podcast with me, your host, Rachel G. Scott. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring you to take bold leaps of faith as we hear the powerful stories of both men and women from different industries and walks of life who obey God and took risks in exchange for heaven's rewards. As you listen, my hope is that their stories will give you the confidence you need to trust God as he leads you to your next leap. Now, let's learn a little about our next guest. Well, welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm so excited. We had such a good conversation even before hitting play. So I know that this this podcast episode is going to be awesome. Okay. (laughs) So if you could start off just by sharing, what leaps are we going to talk about today? So today we're going to talk about the shepherd's leap. I've done a lot of shepherds leaping in a I'm currently um, have been in one recently as well. So then we're also maybe talking about some fishermen's leaping as well. So that's where okay, we're at. awesome. So shepherd and fisherman, those two seem that they they tend to go well together. I, I could see that. <laughs> Can you tell them just a little bit about you? Give us some of your backstory. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and professional counselor, and I I do a lot of other stuff too. Right now, I'm a mom of two under two. We just had our second child and we actually moved to Louisiana in that process. So I have a 20-month-old and a four-month-old right now. And it is, it's been a whirlwind, but we're coming out of the postpartum haze a little bit. And that has been good. <laughs> yeah, I, I do a lot of um, speaking and writing and other stuff as well. I, I, with my counseling practice, I work a lot with people who do these kind of leaps all the time, and especially the shepherd's leap. I work with a lot of missionary families that are right in the middle of this risk-taking journey and choosing to say yes to God and surrender. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have to leave and they, they don't even want to leave and they have to make those moves. Well, let me just say this. You don't look like you just had, um, you just gave birth anytime soon. You look beautiful. So, you know, sometimes afterwards we're like, oh, we, we look like we just, that we're not getting sleep. Okay. You don't look right. like you're not getting sleep. So that's a good thing. <laughs> Last night would not have turned to that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> we know how to get it together afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, there's so much in the idea of just missionaries and the journey and the consistent obedience to God, but the struggle. The struggle that they have, and it's so similar to all of us when we are, I say that leaping is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk about some of the things that, you know, 
missionaries might go through as they're preparing for this. But before that, I want you to share just your your leap. You you grew up as a missionary's kid. So tell us about growing up and tell us about what led you to the leap that you ended up making. So as I said, I grew up as a missionary kid overseas. My family were in Scotland for a little while and also based in Texas as well. But we we hopped around quite a bit. And in that process, there was a lot of emotional stuff to deal with. It's a journey, right? So I there was a lot of times where I didn't always have friends or I would make friends right as we were about to leave a place. And that was tough. So that was part of the backstory to this. And it's um it's part of my journey as well. And and even just some other things with peers that were difficult at points. And so there was a good season of my life where I didn't necessarily have good community for maybe 10 plus years where I was, it was a big pain point in my life of loneliness. And so the leaps that I wanted to specifically talk about in my own journey was right after college, I had gone to Hawaii for a year and was serving there with the Baptist student ministry. And it was the best year of my life. It was so mm-hmm. fun. Um, such an amazing ministry and the people were, that were there and the community that we experienced. And I really did not want to leave. Like the Lord had led me there. And I mean, I definitely really suffered for Jesus in, suffered <laughs> for Jesus in Hawaii. Um, it was, but it was wonderful. The ministry was so wonderful. And then the Lord was leading me out because I needed to go do my master's in counseling because that was what I felt like the Lord was leading as the next step. Right. And there weren't any programs there for me. People asked, why didn't you stay? But I, I knew that my husband and my, uh, at the time he was my boyfriend and he was living in Spain in a leap of his own doing mission work over there. So we were 12 hours time difference apart at the time. Um, yeah, that was, so that was fun, but we prayed about it together and we're really looking at it because I knew that wherever I picked was going to be where we ended up really. So as in praying about it, I really felt like the Lord highlighted California. My siblings were also there in Southern California at a Christian school there. And I thought it would be nice to be close to them again as well. And it always thought it'd be fun to live in California. And so would he. So we. I decided on a school there and ended up choosing that. And in the process, I I really had to surrender a lot to the Lord. That it hit me really hard because after all those moves and all that yeah. grief, and I finally, finally in that year really felt so loved and connected and felt alive in ministry. And the Lord said, And now you have to leave. And I'm I'm gonna be with you. Like he's just said, Will you trust me? Will you trust me to make this move that I am going to provide for you in this place? And then I just remember that being such a hard uh, question because there had been a lot of time and seasons where I, I knew the Lord was there and I knew he was faithful and good because of what scripture says and other ways he had provided for me. A lot of those seasons were the best for intimacy with God and the way he grew me as a person and character and all of that. But I still questioned, I doubted, and I said, like, 
I just don't know. I don't, I, are you really going to provide the community like I have here? And he didn't, that wasn't a promise. I, you just don't know. But I felt like the Lord was saying to go. So I, I chose, you know, I remember a moment on my bed, just surrendering, crying out to the Lord, yeah. um, all of the grief from the past hitting me. Yeah. And him just saying, hey, I got this. I'm going to take you forward and I'm going to provide for you. And it's, it's going to be a lot better than you even know. And even talking about it, I can feel myself just tearing up thinking about it because God is so good. He, even that moment, he gave me um, a, a, a reminder of a church movement that I had seen and that some friends had been involved with. I'd never been around these churches in the same city, but I worked with people who had been at church camps that had been involved in them. And it was, they were always just the most amazing believers okay. and spirit filled. I wanted some of that. And so I, I was like, okay, Lord, I wonder if there's any of these out there, right? Okay, I wonder if there's any of these churches in this area. So I searched online and there was a church plant starting right as I was going to be getting there, wow. um, just 30 minutes away from where I was going to be, with, which with LA traffic and Orange County, it can be a lot longer. <laughs> so I said, okay. And as I looked at their pictures, the pictures of the pastors and their families, I felt this innate sense of, I'm going to be their friends. I'm going to babysit their kids and be close to them. And I just felt this sense of peace that the Lord was guiding and he knew what he was doing. Um, I remember in the worship services that we were involved in at the time with the ministry that there were there was that song, Spirit Lead Me, Where My Trust Is Without Borders. Yeah. And that was a big one for me at that moment. It was the, the Lord uh, really calling me out. And that song was a surrendering song for me. Every time we it would play, I'd be like weeping on the floor. <laughs> I don't know who was, it, who was it weeping on the floor for that. <laughs> it's for different reasons. So in that process, we, I, I ended up moving to California and made that move. And as, as I got there, um, I, I had to deal with a lot of that, that emotion still and processing yeah. with the Lord. And I ended up doing a little bit of counseling during that time of my own because that was really helpful. So I mean, I encourage anybody that's in, a, in that journey, and I can talk about that more, but it's really important to make sure you're tending your heart in that process because there can be a lot of stuff that comes up with a big move for sure. And so as I got there, um, I encountered this church, right? So I, I tried some churches around the area I was in just to try them. And then one of the first Sundays that this church was meeting in a gym, uh, I went and I just remember feeling the love and the peace of the Lord over that place and the people. And I felt so welcomed and drawn in in a way that I, that I had never felt and had just fed my soul in such a powerful way. And I, I remember just crying on the way home, thinking, praising the Lord for this. Yeah. And so I, I made that drive for about for two years while I was in my master's program before I moved closer to Orange County where it was located. And it was so wow. worth it. Because yeah. those became some of my lifelong friends now. And it also opened us up to so much healing and growth and my ministry. My husband joined me and we ended up 
getting to do stuff with a lot of local communities with theater and with um, the Hollywood scene as well and all, all sorts of fun stuff. And right. Lord grew on marriage a lot during that time and pre- prepared us for what he had. And it was so worth it. And that, yeah, that, know, that was my leap. That was, you know, I, I love, I really, really love the transparency of the struggle of the leap because we just assume that it's like, okay, God said it. You know, even when we read in the Bible, sometimes it feels like God told them to do this. Okay, they gave them a hard time sometimes, but most times they they did it exactly. It was like, no, there was this inner challenge. And the thought that the, the question I had for you was the leap from where you were to Hawaii didn't seem as challenging as the leap from Hawaii to California. <laughs> and so that's what I wanted to ask. Like, do you think because the first one was mission and it was what was familiar to you. Like you were used to transitioning because of missions, but this one was more for you and your next identity in him. Do you think that had something to do with it? I definitely would say so. I think uh, when when the Lord calls you and gives you that mission, I think there's that, um, that extra grace to go and to yeah. be present in that place and to have the energy to connect and do the things so I like, knew so, what it was. It was like, yeah, I knew what I was laid out for. It, it wasn't was a no. One year commitment. Yeah. So that, that, all of that. And, and it, and it was Hawaii. So I actually had a choice between Hawaii or Africa and I was open to either one, but the Lord ended up saying Hawaii. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Sign me up. But yeah. both of them are, are definitely a mission field in their own way. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, it, as you were talking, I I do feel like there are those missions that do come a little bit easier because number one, they're familiar. There's more knowns to it. You knew what you to a degree you you knew some things. It was just more familiar to be that mission field versus okay, now the mission is your life mission. It's like now we're about to step into the life, and so it almost sounds like that was a transition where for you it was a transitional season sure. to prepare you for the next thing that was coming. Absolutely. It's a definitely a surrendering point for me of saying, okay, Lord, this is, this is my life is yours. Whatever you want to do, open up, open up the things you want to open up and make them happen. Um, But it was, it was tough. I mean, and like I said, so not every leap is, is easy. And sometimes it's a lonely thing, but the lonely leap. Exactly. Most of them, I think about Catherine Kuhlman and she says, a consecrated life is a lonely life. And I feel like that when it comes to to leaping and going into things that God has called us to do. Sure. Um, I want to ask you that as you were preparing, well, you know what? This is a question I want to ask. Yeah. What would you say to someone who they have lived this life where maybe they've been moved all over the place, mission, military, haven't had the community, and God is calling them to do something. And now they're starting to deal but that inner turmoil that maybe they suppressed over the years, what's something you would say to help them as they're navigating that? That's a great question. I think I would say to attend their heart and to trust the Lord that I think that's the biggest thing is to number one, trust that the Lord is who he says he is and he's going to do what he says he will do. He is faithful 100%. And if we can get that, then everything else will fall into place so to believe even when we don't see it. Like just like Abraham did, he, he went not knowing where he was going, but he, he believed and he had faith. 
and and also to tend your heart and to deal with anything from your past to know that the Lord is there. And he, there's a verse in Joel that really ministered to me as I was making that particular leap. And, and it says, I will repay the years the locusts have eaten. And I remember clinging to that verse and, and just praising the Lord that he was going to do that. Um, he was going to repay all those years that I didn't feel connected. And for anyone listening, I mean, any experiences you have had or difficulties, the Lord is going to redeem and use those in your story and in the process. And I just, yeah, I just praise the Lord for that. He's yeah. so good. He's so good. Yeah. That, that right there, I, I believe is key is just knowing the faithfulness of God, knowing that we can trust him even when it's difficult, even when it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable, even when it reminds us and it feels too familiar, um, too familiar to us of something that maybe we didn't want in the past and we didn't have control over. And the Lord can use your story. He will use your story to do yeah. the, the work that he wants and to, to minister to you and to others. He's going to bring it right. in you. Exactly. It's a beautiful story. And I think sometimes we don't see that in the moment because we're caught up in the midst of the leap and the, the changes and trauma, whatever it is. But if you can look ahead and get that heavenly vision to look down upon your situation with Christ and say, okay, I believe and I trust that God has got this, then when we get to the end of the story, we can look back and see the, the beautiful uh, book that the Lord has written in our life yeah. and the way that he worked. And we can look back in those moments and be like, oh, I see what you're doing there now. Yeah. I see that. And I see how you right. provided for me in those moments. Right. And let me ask you for someone who they haven't had community. How do you know when it's the right community if you haven't had the community? Do you base it on some of the people you've been around in the past or um, how do you how do you define or figure out what that looks like? That's a great question. I think um, I would say. Number one prayer, of course, like to guide your process and letting the Lord guide that people that feel like they value you and appreciate you for who you are and who the Lord has made you to be, who call you forward and are really trusting the Lord and operating out of that, which isn't always easy to find. And so I think being able to really just find people who can do those things, value God and value you as a person and call you forward. Those are yeah. some really important keys. And at least it that's, was for me. And yeah, that's where I that's felt good. Like yeah. And so you you kind of were able to identify that from just some level, some of the experiences you've had or, you know, just knowing within yourself, this is what I would want in community. Yes. I think when you haven't experienced it in, in person as much, you you know what good thing when you see it. Yeah. You recognize it. <laughs> And I know that there's been some articles out that loneliness is is becoming a huge issue right now with people. So I'm sure there's people out there who feel that way. And the yeah. Lord is at you. He wants to use this season as one of intimacy with him and taking you deeper in, his, in life with God. Yeah. Now tell us, you are now married. You have children. So tell us about this this most recent leap that you've taken and um, about the work that you do. Absolutely. So 
we recently moved to Louisiana from California, which was very hard to leave because we we love our community there. Okay. And we've said this is a temporary two-year commitment based on what we felt like the Lord was leading us. And um, in this season, we feel like it's one of building our family and also a launching pad for us to move forward into what the Lord has. So we're excited for that and feel like this is a this going to be in a, a really cool time. And now that we're getting a little bit past the postpartum season and we've had some help. And that's one of the reasons we moved was basically just for help and for more space. So we're right next door to my husband's family. I can see cows in the backyard. It's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the life right there. <laughs> so right now, this is where we are. And it gives us a lot of space to process and be with the Lord and think about what's next. Yeah. And then with what I do, I I do a lot of counseling with missionaries living overseas. And a lot of leaps and a lot of them have kids and families that they're making these decisions for as well. And like I said, sometimes those leaps are not ones they necessarily want to make or it, it's a big emotional process to make yeah. those leaps. We have to, we do need to count the cost in a leap. It's not, sometimes it's it's all exciting, but the Lord will give you the grace for what you need to do for sure. That's good. Counting the cost in the leap is is so important. Um, What are some of the challenges that you feel like you've seen and what were some that you feel like could have been prevented and how as you're, as you're just talking to people? I think for some people, as far as ones that could be prevented, I think it would be making sure that you are dealing with your own issues and having emotionally healthy relationships and relationship with self, with God, with others, being able to, not that you have to be perfect, but to, to continually work on yourself and make sure that you're surrendering to the Lord in those ways and getting therapy if you need it, getting help um, because now our world is so crazy and there's so much happening. People are people are really dealing with a lot. Yeah. And then you add a move on top of it. Right. Situation of a leap. Yeah. And then one big thing I would say that I noticed is there's a difference in the way different people approach the leap and with their families. So I've counseled some families and even even myself, there's been some situations where I had a better attitude than others and was able to make the leap like with trusting the Lord, excited. And then there's others that were really hard, like we talked about. I would say I remember seeing one family and they had to leave very suddenly from a country they had been in for 20 years and their kids had grown up there and it wasn't a leap they wanted to do but the Lord called them out. And I remember so clearly I was, I counseled their children and helped them process the leap. And um, it was such a beautiful process for me because this family loved Jesus. They loved God. And you could tell, you could tell that their parents had ingrained in them the truth that God is faithful and sovereign. He's got them and he's good and that he loves them. And that was really cool to see this. Like you see a five-year-old talking about God's goodness. So I think that's one difference I would say is is 
how are you approaching the situation and your in your faith? Yeah. And how are you Good. walking and teaching your kids as well if it's a family leap? Because sometimes it's it's your whole family that is involved. And I think that's when it's harder, you know, because when you're younger, you're like, okay, I can go here, I can go there, you know, and you still may have that struggle like in your 20s or your teens, but it's it's a little more natural. You know, mm-hmm. we know after high school, some of us go off to college and we'll have that struggle. But once we get there, we get settled and things like that. But when you're trying to prepare children for a leap, that can be hard because they don't understand. And sometimes we have to ask God to reveal it to them. Other times, like you said, we just have to constantly remind them of the nature of God and teach our kids early that leaping is a lifestyle. You know, even when I'm talking to my kids, when they from from school year to school year, I'm like, hey, this year you're going to this school. Next year, we'll see. We got to we got to pray about it. We'll see what happens. So always have them kind of prepared for that moment that God may change things. And, you know, but then here's my question to you is if it's something that they don't want to do and you're saying, well, God told us to do this, then how do we avoid them being angry at God for pushing them to do something that they didn't want to do? That is a really tough question. I'm <laughs> I really struggle with that one. And I don't think there's an easy answer to that question. I think it requires a lot of prayer. And I've seen families make a decision for their kid to come back to America for a season so that they can get the help they need. And I would say family is important. That's our primary ministry. And if you're if you minister to all of these people, but then your kids grow up and stop following Jesus, then I think we've lost a bit of the battle here. So I would say being able to really tune in. And I, I think if we're teaching our kids from a young age who God is, and we have to trust the Lord that he's got them and he will take them where they want to go. So if we if we feel like the Lord is calling us, there is a time to go and just trust the Lord and say like, hey, I, I know that you don't want to do this. And I, um, I, I don't want to, but I feel like, or I don't want to do this to you, but I feel like the Lord's calling and we have to, be obedient to God and trust that the Lord's going to take care of us. And, and there are times when if, if that's going on, it's good to assess and have some good heart conversations and maybe, maybe see what the Lord's really saying in all of that. Cause he's going to work it out. If it's his leap, if it's what he wants to happen. Um, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a tough deal. It, it is tough. It is tough. And I think about just even sharing Bible stories, where they can relate to the difficulty That's good, yeah. of the leap. Like I think about Jonah. And so if we can teach them the nature of God and say, hey, this is how it went for this person. This is how it ended. So yeah, he went through some things in between there. He didn't necessarily want to do it, but this is what happened after this. And his obedience was what he was after. And just spend more time teaching our kids about obedience, leaping, following God. Like I tell my teenager all the time, hey, if you don't, listen to the things that I tell you and you can't trust me, that it impacts how you're able to listen and obey God's voice. I'm the training ground because once you turn 18, I, you don't have to listen to me, but you need to listen to God and you right. need to know how to do that, you know? And so just teaching them that can be, it can be challenging at times, you know? It can be, but... And that's discipleship right there. That's ex- exactly yes. what you're talking about. We're discipling our kids to follow, follow God and trust and listen to Him and 
and bringing it into the real daily life and reflecting on his word. I think um, we also need to really be tending their heart and tuning in to their emotions instead of glazing over them. Yeah, we don't want to disregard it. Yeah, that's for the tuning into our own emotions and, yeah. and connecting with them. So I think that is one way to do it well is, is like you said, to really take that time to be with them and make sure that you're tuning into what they're dealing with emotionally and spiritually and processing that with them and reminding them who God is. That's good. Well, Lauren, this has been such a great conversation. And I know that people... I walked away with just some some really deep, a way to think deeply about it and not, because sometimes we can suppress our own emotions and say, okay, I got to do what I got to do. But it's okay to be aware of how you're feeling. It's okay to be aware of how your children are feeling so that we can invite God into that place. So we can't invite God into a door that's closed, right? right. The, door, the door has to be open so that he can actually come in and we have to be aware of what's going on within us. So um, I want to ask you two things as we wrap up our time together. One, what is your next leap? And then the second question is, how can people find you, connect with you? Yeah. Well, my my next leap is, I'm currently in the leap, I would say, is this, the shepherd leap of moving. And I feel like we're still reeling from, recovering from this leap. Yeah. Um, but but also, I would say the fisherman's leap as well. Of, uh, this is a time where the Lord is launching us into new things, and we are prayerfully discerning what those look like. And I'm doing a lot more writing and speaking and all sorts of stuff like that. So you can you can follow me and find me at laurenmitchellcounseling.com. And I'm going to I'm continuing to put out resources and other stuff that you can receive and learn from if you'd like to and participate in that. Well, thank you, Lauren. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. For sure. Um, Yeah, I'd love to encourage or talk to anybody that that needs it or is trying to consider and make that leap at this time for sure thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode i hope you were inspired by what you heard and you're even more encouraged to trust god with your next leap before you go i want to invite you to visit the fiveleaps.com to learn more about upcoming guests helpful resources and our text community support all intended to help you prepare to take your next leap Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, God can do more with our willingness than he could ever do with our worthiness.